Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, June 1st. Speak the truth always, but kindly and impersonally. To call someone ugly or stupid might be a fact, but it will be essentially untrue. For divine wisdom and beauty underlie all outer manifestations. Try always to speak the helpful truth. Well, Speak the truth, but always kindly and impersonally. These are the two factors. Sister Gyanamata, Master's most advanced woman disciple, said you can say anything even to the guru as long as you say it with respect and detachment, which are another way of saying kindly and impersonally. What, that, what this means, and kindly is, is the way you say it, and even much more profoundly, the motivation behind why you are saying it. So often, you know, there's this egoic pleasure in being able to point out the faults in others. It, it, it's almost, a, well, it is more than almost, it's, it's an infallible rule that if you are eager to tell something, you know, to criticize someone or to tell something, somebody something unpleasant that they need to correct, if you're eager to do it and it gives you a sense of pleasure to do it, you shouldn't do it because it's not impersonal. It's like I'm going to get something that I want by putting you down. And the chances of it working out well are not great. To be impersonal is to say that I don't really have a stake in this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to accomplish something for myself at your expense. This is a truth that it seems that it would be beneficial for it to be known. And when you're impersonal, you're, you're quite calm about it. You may be committed. You may realize that I have a duty. I have to say this. I've been in the position, sometimes in a very dramatic way, that I really would not, rather have not been in that position, where I have to present to someone something that they really don't want to hear. You know, it just could be some real bad news about some situation they're in, a, a job situation or really disappointing information about someone else or some loss or they have to be confronted with something that is highly unfortunate but cannot be ignored. That's I've been in that position a couple of times. Once in particular where I realized that once I walked up and spoke what I was about to spoke, that man's life would never be the same again. But it had to be done. And I just did it as kindly and as impersonally as I could. There was no need for that man to feel anything negative from me. Um, the information and the facts spoke for themselves. And it takes work to do that. I, I know that in my position of responsibility, I often have to deliver to people correctives or suggestions or, as I said, disappointing news that is not going to come to them in the way they want. And if there is in me some level of agitation, I do my very best to calm that agitation or postpone 
the conversation until the time when I can do it calmly. We can't always, we don't always have the freedom, I don't always have the freedom to wait that long because it might be incarnations before I can get to that point. But I certainly recognize that everything will go much better if I can speak that way. And this business about truth and what is truth is also something that we have to think about very, very deeply. And bear in mind, sometimes we tell untruths because we, we are too nice, that we, we don't have the nerve to be authentic with ourselves. I, several times, it, as it happened in the last month, in conversations with people, I ended up giving them one piece of advice, one spiritual practice, which is you must always tell the truth. And in, in, in the cases that I was dealing with, it was a reluctance, it was always a desire to be nice. So it wasn't like a question of, of, telling, of trying to be more kindly. It was just trying to be more honest. So see, sometimes we, we try to cover the truth up. We try to be nice by not telling the truth. But that's not really helpful because it's a, it's a lie, that's why. It's a, it might be a lie to the people you're saying it to or you're lying to yourself. You know, we don't have the nerve to just say, this is how I feel. This is who I am. This is what my experience has been. We're trying to keep a facade going. But truth has a way of refusing to be buried forever. And the more we try to suppress and bury it, well, the more chaotic and confusing it is when it finally busts out. As Swami puts it, when you suppress something, it just busts out in some inappropriate way elsewhere. So in the end, you really accomplish nothing because the energy that was connected to this event has been suppressed. So it comes out over here with all the energy, um, all the gathered up energy, and it makes no sense at all when it finally comes out. And just all that effort just makes a huge mess. So it's far better to cultivate the ability to speak truthfully, but kindly. Because this, I love the way Swami says it, you know, to say to someone that they're ugly and stupid, they may in fact be ugly and stupid if you're just looking at the reality of this. And this is also, you see, a very important uh, condition that Swami puts on us. Well, for example, this woman was profoundly hurt by the actions of someone else. And that person was unable to keep a commitment, and being unable to keep a commitment caused a, a huge ripple of pain. And, and my friend, this, my woman friend, was just completely swept up in this ripple of pain. And it was horrible for her. And she was fighting very hard to, to get back to her equanimity, to think in terms of forgiveness. And she came to Swamiji and she said, everything that happened was just perfect. It was just perfect. It, was just, it went just the way it was supposed to go. Swami said, no, it wasn't. He said that this other one behaved very badly. That's how Swami put it. And then he said to her, he said, don't comfort yourself with something that isn't true. He said, you have to conquer this by looking straight at it, being able to say what's true, and then choosing your response. So, see, there are two steps. You, you, if somebody is ugly and stupid, or ugly or stupid, they may just actually be ugly or stupid, because people are. That's part of what life is about, is some people are ugly or stupid. 
Some people can't keep their commitments. Some people make promises they can't keep. Some people are almost deliberately unkind for some weird reason of their own. Maybe they can't help themselves and maybe they, well, Swami writes in his Bhagavad Gita commentary, some people of low consciousness cause trouble because they enjoy it, because it gives them a sense of power to manipulate people and watch them flip out all over the place and get upset and all this chaos, and they get to sit like the spider in the middle of a web and enjoy all the chaos they cause, gives them a sense of power. I mean, that's just a fact. So you can't say about such a person, oh, he's well-meaning. He's not well-meaning at all. He's selfish, and he's misbehaving, and it's not good what he's doing. But you have to then think about how much of that am I going to say, and to whom am I going to say it? And you can even say very... um, Unpleasant things, very even accusatory, very strong accusations can still be said kindly because the kindliness is in your intention. You can speak sternly even, but you can still be kind because the kindness is in your intention. I'm not here. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to beat you while you're down. I want you to be different, however, and it's very important that you be different. And it's not important to me so that I'll be right. It's very important for you that you be different. And when that is really there, this at least has been my experience, if my motives are clouded, and if there's some pleasure in getting back at this person, or some reason why I'm afraid that they, I'm afraid and they have to conform, then it never goes well. But if I I really want the best for them, even if, as I say, this is an unequivocal statement, this is the end, this is the line in the sand, no more. It can be just like that, but still, it's the truth. So so focus on that word truth, but then always realize that the, the facts, I mean, like if the person is ugly or if the person is stupid, they simply are, and that's that's where it is. Now what can I do to help them? You know, what can I do to make the situation better? A person doesn't try to be stupid. They just don't have the capacity to think clearly. They haven't put out the mental energy to do so. Maybe they've been severely traumatized emotionally, and those traumas just have their brain frozen. Maybe they just haven't had the opportunity to develop their intellect. Maybe they've been very badly brought up, and they don't even know that their behavior is so bad. I mean, there's thousands of reasons that can make you feel kindly and compassionate toward them, but it doesn't change the fact that they're stupid. It's just how I relate to it. And then thinking, you know, what would be helpful here? You know, what would move this person? What would inspire him? And this goes into all kinds of many issues in other contexts. I've talked about the four casts, which are... stages of conscious growth, not social conditions, even though there's a very slight relationship between the two. But it's it's stages of personal evolution where our motivation for change varies widely. Some people's motivation for change, the only motivation for change, is fear of punishment. So to such a person, you can't say, you know, this is corporate culture and you know, this is the team spirit, and we're all going to work together to be the same team. This is the ideals the company is working for. Such a person is like, he doesn't even understand the concept of ideals. 
But if you say, you're really not going to be able to keep your job unless you begin to show up on time and, it, and cease harassing your co-worker. That's very clear. <laughs> it's a quite definite statement. And I'm on your side. I want to help you. But please understand, you're not going to be able to keep your job because they might only be motivated by fear of punishment. And that consequence will be sufficient to motivate them, which is good, to push them in the right direction. You know, and you won't be able to talk about ideals. You'll just be able to say you're going to get fired. I mean, to another person, you know, you really want to talk about these are the principles of the company and we have a strong company culture here where we do X, you know, we always recycle. We never consider it a burden to gather up the food that wasn't eaten and make sure it gets to the food bank because this is how we, we justify our abundance as we help others. Oh, well, I can really get behind that. That's a very powerful way to move. But you have, to, you have to know who you're talking to. And then you have to think, what is my objective? And how can I attain it and still live within the boundaries of truth? So in, uh, uh, one of the very basic um, early stepping stones on what is called Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, it's eight, eight stages of development, which are not really sequential, but it's, a, it's like the different legs of a table that just the whole thing comes together and stands up together with all the pieces in place. One of them is truth-telling. And truth-telling, again, as I was saying, is not just the facts, but it's understanding things as they are. And this is, again, where Swami says here that even if someone is unattractive and not so bright, he said everybody's a child of God, and everyone actually has the ultimate, their ultimate destiny, destiny and it's the same. Everybody's going to be a God-realized master before this story is finished. But this person may be at the stage of his spiritual journey where he's not so bright and not so attractive. But it's also true that the same spark of divinity that shines through Jesus Christ dwells with this unattractive, not-so-bright being, in within this being. It's exactly the same spark of divinity. It's just the crust around it is much bigger. So th- this is how you develop a kindly attitude. It's, it's not hypocrisy. It's not a technique. It's, I remember once someone came to Swamiji about, with a management technique that they had learned, and it was, if you must correct someone, first say two positive things that they've done. And, you know, it's a common way of relating, and it's not a bad idea to be positive before you have to be negative. And he was, but he was very proud of it, and he, he was, you know, talking about how useful it was. Swamiji just looked at him like this, and he said, but that's so manipulative. He said, and anybody who's sensitive will see right through it. Now, you might spontaneously actually do exactly that. But it's quite different to do it spontaneously, to say to someone, you know, I'm just so pleased with the way you've been helping. You know, you're, the other day when you jumped in and really took over the, the pieces that, because so-and-so was sick, I mean, it just, I don't know what we would have done without your help. And you really did that well. You know, and that could just be the truth. And you want to say it. And then you want to say, but, you know, we have this lingering issue that we also have to straighten out. And it's all about how 
absolutely authentic you are, which is to say how truthful you are. Because if you're being completely sincere, that comes through. If you're manipulating them, everybody will know it. So, Swamiji says, Speak the truth always, but kindly and impersonally. To call someone ugly or stupid might be a fact, but it will be essentially untrue. For divine wisdom and beauty underlie all outer manifestations. Try always to speak the helpful truth. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.